All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on back to the Cinema Lords podcast, short number four. And for those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, you will see that I'm in here by myself again tonight, just me, myself, and I. Uh, going to do another Francesa. And I'm going to be talking to you guys about two different shows. Uh, first is going to be Ted and then Fargo Season 5. Before we dive into those, though, I just wanted to say, first off, uh, thank you to Menors, uh in the KMS Network for allowing me to continue to post the show onto that network. Um, it's a great way for the show to be seen by new eyeballs and hopefully pick up some new listeners. So I just really appreciate that. You know, thanks a lot. Uh, and then the second thing is I always want to keep you guys informed on what I'm watching because it's probably going to be something that I'm going to be covering on the show. I did just watch the first episode of True Detective and I did like it quite a bit. Uh, so I'm probably going to hopefully be diving into that as long as, you know, the show is continue, you know, continues to be good. Uh, the second episode is already out. I'm actually going to be watching that later today when I get out of here. So I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward actually to watching that. So I'm hoping that this season's good. I'm hoping it's another, I'm hoping along the lines of season three, because season three was very solid. Uh, you know, obviously season two was a disaster. Season one is one of the best episodes of television. So I think anticipating anything like that or expecting anything like that is kind of ridiculous. But I think season three was a good middle ground between the two. And I'm just hoping to get something along those same lines again. So go check that out, HBO. It's in the Sunday night slot, the big money time slot. And that's something, like I said, that we're probably going to be talking about uh, in the future on the show. So now that that's said, let's uh, dive into our two reviews tonight. Like I said, Ted, Fargo Season 5. I'm going to start off with Ted. Uh, Ted is a prequel to the two movies created by Seth MacFarlane. And it's on Peacock. Seven episodes dropped all at one time for you to binge. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that when I first saw this, I was very, very skeptic. I Right away, you see that it's John from high school, and I feel like the way things are right now with the wokeness and the PC, I didn't know how far they were going to push the envelope with a high school kid and a character like Ted. Um, also, just the general look of the kid that plays John, uh, Max Buckholder. Uh, I, he just doesn't have the look. Like I wouldn't believe that that kid would turn into Mark Wahlberg, but I feel like he's got the mannerisms and like the accent and just the way he carries himself the same way that John does in the two movies. Uh, it is still created by Seth MacFarlane, so that's a good thing. It's on Peacock, which is weird because Peacock doesn't have too much original content. So I think there was a lot of question marks on people's minds about just how good this show was going to be. And I got to say, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, it, by a lot, I would say, because I was pretty skeptic. I thought this was going to be pretty lousy. And it's honestly some of the hardest laughs that I've had in a very, very long time. I found myself belly laughing multiple times. I really, really enjoyed this show. I really hope that we get more of it, which it does seem that we're going to. Uh, McFarlane was asked about it, and he said as long as there is a hunger for it from the audience, that there will be a second season. So I think that that's awesome. Um, I'm going to go through each episode, uh, kind of real quick, one through seven. I did like rank them as far as how much I liked them kind of based off, you know, basically how many laughs I had or just the, the plot of the episode. Uh, and then I had like one or two moments that I kind of jotted down from each episode that I, I found to be really, really funny. 
Uh, so let's start with the first episode. We get our pilot. First episode, first taste of what the series is going to be. And right away, we're introduced to the family, uh, Maddie, Susan, Blair, the p- people that we're going to be following outside of John and Ted. And right away, I-, I-, I enjoyed the characters. I ended up enjoying them more and more as the show went on. Maddie was one of my favorite parts of the show. The dad, he's fucking hilarious. But right away, you see that they're setting the tone of a typical Boston family during the 90s. The accents are outrageous. Some questionable things are being said. And like I said... We didn't know how far they were going to push the envelope. Right away in this very first scene, I think we got that answer really quick. Like, we're going to push the envelope. We're going to be raunchy. We're going to do what Ted did in the two movies. And I think that was a big sigh of relief for me right away and probably a lot of other people. Like, oh, all right, this shit's going to be legit. Like, let's fucking go. This is going to be really funny. So that was, like I said, you know, just a huge, huge sigh of relief. Um But I thought this first episode was really good. A good way to set the table for the show. I think that it was either the best or the second best episode of the entire series. So it makes sense to, you know, start this off with a big punch for the audience. I think this pilot was great. Um, You see that John and Ted are introduced to weed for the first time in this episode, which, as you know, in the movies, is going to be basically a huge part of their relationship. Um, I would say two parts of the episode, as far as laughs, stood out to me. Uh, They get, you know, Ted to go to school. And uh, as he's, you know, as they're walking in, he goes, how does it feel to be in a school with all white kids? And John goes, "Uh, we had an Indian kid last year, but they got him. (laughs) He goes, uh, what was it? He goes, "Uh, good guy. He used to share his Dunkaroos, too. But Ted's just like, you know, what do you what do you mean they got him? Which I thought was fucking hilarious to have me dying. And then obviously the the real funny moment I thought was uh, when Ted finds the rifle, goes to the slip inside, shoots the bullet off. The neighbor comes running outside. Like, is that a gun? Like, yeah. Who are you shooting at? No one. You sure? Yeah. And the conversation was fucking fantastic. Very uh, family guy-esque, which is obviously going to be a few scenes like that throughout this show uh, that feel very similar and in vain to family guy. But like I said, this pilot episode, I think, was either either my favorite or my second favorite episode. It's, it's definitely in the top two, though. I, I loved it. I thought it set the table perfectly, and I was excited to see more going into the rest of this series. Uh, episode two is a crazy one. Two dads. We find out that the bully from episode one doesn't know his dad. Uh, so the boys use this you know, information as a weapon of warfare. They call him up. They set up a meeting. They have him dressed like a fool. He thinks he's meeting his dad for the first time. Sure enough, they're just fucking with him, uh, basically further traumatizing this kid. And after they do it, they kind of feel bad about it. Next thing you know, they're calling him again, and they start developing feelings for this kid that, you know, they only know as a bully, and he thinks it's his fucking dad that abandoned him. So it's just a wild, wild episode. There was a couple times where I just shaking my head, just like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. These kids, no, this kid and this teddy bear, they're fucking nuts. Um, But I I did find it very funny, the dynamic that was created as far as them almost being like parents to this kid and the bickering back and forth. The bickering between young John and Ted I thought was perfect if you compare it to the movies. I I thought it was a a seamless transition. Um, But this episode... I still enjoyed it. Definitely not nearly as much as I enjoyed the first episode. Uh, But it definitely had some good moments. Um, It was a great, great episode for Maddie. Like I said, Maddie's probably my favorite character outside of John and Ted. And he had me dying a lot, but this was one of his his better episodes. Uh, He's refusing to get a colonoscopy. He doesn't want to do it. And we find out it's because he is scared of saying things about the war while he's under anesthesia. So he convinces Blair to go with him to make sure that he doesn't say anything while he's, you know, asleep. And, of course, like, that's not allowed. So she ends up sneaking in under the gurney into the the surgery room, which is 
again, almost kind of Family Guy-esque, but then they're really going to bring it home because as soon as he's under, they're going to start making fun of his dick. And then you got one doctor who goes, you know, guys, I'm, I'm getting some sexual pleasure from this. The whole thing, you don't see the doctors when they're talking. It's just like focused in on, I think it's Blair underneath the gurney. But it was just, it was very funny. I laughed very hard at that one. Like I said, that was a very, very Family Guy-esque scene to me. Um, But like I said, this episode, while still good, just not as good as the pilot to me. Uh, This is kind of like a middle-tier episode for me. I probably have it like fourth, I would say, something like that, probably fourth. At the end, I'll kind of go through it. Like I said, I have them all ranked, so we'll go through. Uh, Episode three was... The porn adventure, trying to get uh, trying to get John his first porn um, from you know the adult section of the local video store. Uh, I was born in 1993, which is when this show took place. I remember going to Blockbuster a lot as a kid, walking through the aisles and looking at every single movie that was available. I never remember there being a backroom adult only at Blockbuster. Now that could have been because I was just little and naive and didn't realize, or I guess it could be because that was like a a big. Like a, you know, a, a chain, like a big, uh, a big company, basically. Maybe that was more of just like your mom and pop video store that had that kind of thing, which I did have one of those right down the street of me, uh, Pirates Video, I think it was called. But that closed probably by the time I was like six or seven, so I don't really remember that one at all. So that whole concept was a little hard for me to even grasp because, you know, it's just something I ever experienced. But either way, uh, they have to go through a whole bunch of jumps and loops. They end up getting some fake IDs. And when they finally are able to, you know, get into the back room, they rent out like 12 movies, which I thought was obviously very funny. One guy's like, Hey, you know, fucking leave some shapes for the rest of us. He's like, not tonight, buddy. Um, but I thought, I, I thought that it was, you know, it was, it was funny, but it just didn't totally hit for me. I thought it was lacking a little bit. Uh, another good episode though for Maddie, I would say, uh, Maddie takes Susan out to dinner and he's just making a big deal out of everything. Starts with the food. Why is this steak so much money? He ends up getting the children's steak for $9. He gets the word search that he's doing. He refuses to try Susan's food. Just kind of like a kid. Be like, no, 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 no. Susan finally convinces him to try. And he's like, oh, fuck me. This was delicious. Again, very childlike in every sense of the word. Which we know that's his character. Immaturity is off the charts. Uh, and then he gives her a nail to put into the food so that they can eat for free. Um so that was that was all good. While that's happening, they finally get the pornos home. The porno gets stuck in the you know the VHS and the tape player. Uh, so they go on a little retrieval mission to try and get a new one. As they get back from dinner, though, Susan ends up seeing the tape, and she assumes it's Maddie's. So sure enough, she goes at him full blown porno style. He's not about it. He doesn't even really know like why she's acting the way that she's acting. Eventually, Blair's going to take the fall for this entire thing and kind of helps the boys out, you know, helps the boys get off one. And uh, I thought the funny, another funny part is the way that it ended. Um, John said that he was never going to jerk off ever again and then laid out exactly like what porn would be watching nowadays, like in the future. So even if it's, at, you know, the touch of your fingertips with a, a media device with a great, you know, a great image and yada, 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 you can pick from all these categories. Literally like perfectly describing what it's like to, you know, watch porn in, in 2024. So I thought that was uh, very funny. Episode three, though, to me was not not great. I, I didn't like this one very much. Um, I think I had it second from last, so I, I have it in the sixth hole, I believe. 
But this one was just lacking for me, especially the Ted and John storyline. Like I said, the Maddie stuff and the Susan stuff at dinner and the porn video from their end was was good. Um, but the rest of it kind of could take it or leave it. That brings us to... Excuse me. That brings us to episode four, which is the Halloween episode. I am a sucker for a nice holiday-themed episode. Um, I love going back to that stuff. Say, like, you know, the one that, like, first comes to mind because it's recent was the Halloween episode of WandaVision. I've gone back and watched that a few times. Um, For the OC fans out there, the Christmaca episodes, those were great. Family Guy's got a bunch of good Christmas and Halloween episodes. And we got another Halloween one here. And this episode I thought was fantastic. Um, This is my third favorite episode. I fucking died pretty much from start to finish because... This episode starts off great, and it never, ever, ever slows down. This one, honestly, it might even be better. It might even be, like, in the top two. This episode was really good. I loved it a lot. But we start off um, flashback to Halloween's prior, and we got John and Ted on the roof of their house just lasering eggs at kids as they come by and just verbally assaulting them for having terrible costumes. And, like, there's the one kid who's the Hulk, and, you know, he's... He's got the t-shirt. He's, I am Hulk, Hulk smash. And he's just like, if you have to have a t-shirt on, then you're not the fucking Hulk. But I just thought this was such a funny way to start the episode. Like I said, just lighten these kids up with eggs. So I thought that shit right out of the gate was funny. We find out Blair's going to a Halloween party and she needs a designated driver. And she convinces Ted to do it. Which obviously, anyone with a brain or has seen the Ted movies knows right away that that's just simply never going to happen. Now that he's found weed, he's going to be smoking. He drinks. He's snorting pills. He's having himself a grand old time. And obviously, when they get ready to leave, Blair's like, yo, what the fuck? So she decides she's going to drive. As they get ready to leave, her professor comes over, which right away, I was like, all right, this guy seems creepy. But the weird thing is, is like Ted mentions, you know, I was like, why would he do this when Ted's there too? It's very strange. But he invites them back to his place. Blair says, yes. Ted's right away getting the vibe like this teacher's trying to, you know, friggin' roofie this girl. So he gets them the fuck out of there. They end up crashing their car, which leads to some good scenes between Ted and Blair that I enjoyed a lot. But it leads to them also having to go back to the professor's house to use his phone, which is where we find out that the teacher doesn't want to fuck Blair. He wants to fuck Ted. And he wants to fuck Ted, preferably in a big furry outfit of his own. This was great. I also loved how Ted said he didn't want to fuck a teddy bear, so he was like, I could be a unicorn. I think he said I could be a rabbit, like whatever animal you want. Very, very funny. Reminded me of the Entourage episode where uh, Turtle meets the girl online. I think it's on Craigslist, and she wants to, to be fluffies. I think he's like a rabbit, and she's like a chipmunk or some shit. But that, that whole thing was very, very funny to me. Um, at the end, they finally, you know, they take the professor's bike home, and you got... Ted sitting in the little like basket in the little handheld on the on the handlebars looking like fucking E.T. which was great and as they finally get home they get pelted not with just regular eggs by John by fucking ostrich eggs which that's another part of the episode that was kind of weird but whatever and they ended up with these fucking monstrous football sized eggs and he absolutely smashes them with it they fucking fall off the bike and Ted's like Jesus like, is this what we've been doing to people we were so wrong which that was funny uh, the other part that was good was while uh, John's home by himself, Susan's feeling bad for him. So she says she's going to call up one of her friends who has a son and they can hang out. Very much hinting that like the kid is the same age as John, you know, Pierce. This fucking dude who's got to be like late 30s shows up. He's an absolute fucking weirdo. He's got his own hand-drawn porn. 
like take the fuck the super bad dicks, but just mix it in with a whole bunch of anime porn styles. It was fucking nuts. Then he's he's in the bathtub. The bath water comes out fucking all black and shit. This guy was a fucking weirdo, dude. Just an absolute weirdo. And then of course it turns out at the end that it wasn't it wasn't the son. It was just some fucking random some random fucking guy who got into the house. Uh, so this whole episode, like I said, had me fucking dying. Ted is an Ewok. That was fucking great. Great fucking costume for Ted. This was a really, really funny episode. Uh, like I said, I love I love that it's festive. I'll, I'll probably pop that one on again during the Halloween season. You know what I mean? Um, but like I said, this is definitely a, a, definitely a top three episode for me. Could even maybe move higher depending on the day. But this one, from, from start to finish, really had me fucking dying. Uh, the next episode was the marriage counseling. Right off the top, I can tell you that this was my least favorite episode. I also thought that it was like the worst episode as far as how it was like done. It seemed like they spread this episode so thin that they had to do like two separate plots for it. As far as it starts with the marriage counseling that Blair wants to get for Susan and Maddie. Of course, it goes terribly. So they decide to let Ted be the marriage counselor which leads you know to some funny back and forth but nothing that was like overly overly great to me the anal comment was pretty funny but it it just didn't lead to anything you know too big and you know the big realization is wow susan was going to be a teacher before she met maddie and decided to basically just be a stay-at-home housewife so fast forward to like the next day they're at school a teacher that we had already seen throw a full-blown fit in the first episode because his wife was having an affair and all that he throws another fit, throws another tantrum. This one gets him fired, though. The two tantrums were both very funny. Uh, this opens the door, though, for Susan to get a job as a teacher, as a substitute. John and Ted go out of their way to get it for her. And this was the only part of the episode that I actually really, really found like funny. Because this, I, I did like belly laugh. I, I was almost in tears. But it was when... Um, they're in class, and the same cheerleader, basically, that was being a bitch to the last teacher is being a bitch to Susan again. And Ted just fucking unloads the entire clip, puts it sideways, as Steve Carell would say, kill shot, kill shot. Um, the nose job, your dad's really your uncle, an eating disorder, you're a virgin. And then the, the line at the end was fucking great. It was, I, I did write it down, but he was just, oh yeah. So let's hope you're giving them fellatio. So something's going down your throat beside your fingers. <laughs> it was an absolute demolish, demolition, destruction of a human being. Absolutely just destroyed. She runs out of the classroom crying. And I liked uh, Ted too. He was like, we don't do much with Susan at home. So I felt the need to, to stand up for her here. But that was the only part of this episode that I really like enjoyed, that I really found funny, that really hit for me. And that was it. Like I said, it, it seemed like they were spread too thin. The plot is two separate plots that they kind of smashed together into one episode. And even with that, it was still the shortest episode of the bunch. So to me, that kind of says more along the same thing, you know what I mean? That they didn't have enough and it was just enough and they kind of crammed it in, which... You know, they probably just had some jokes that they wanted to squeeze in. They didn't really have a spot to do it, so they created this other episode. If they had just, like, taken that, like, I don't know where they could have used it elsewhere, though. I was going to say, if they could have moved the Susan teaching thing to a different episode, that could have been good. I just don't know specifically where it could have been done. 
maybe episode maybe episode three uh, maybe maybe the pulling ah eh, it's tough but this episode i think probably could have been skipped they just like i said they probably had a couple of jokes that they really wanted to squeeze in so this is where they found the found the time to do it uh, but like i said definitely definitely my least favorite episode that three right above that uh let's get to episode six which was the christmas episode another uh holiday themed episode and this one was really good too. This one was really, really good. Not quite as good as the Halloween episode. Not quite as good as the pilot. But I would say uh, batting in the cleanup spot. I would say I, I'd go four. Um, this one was good. Started off. I, I like the episodes that start off hot. Seem to kind of go all the way through. I've noticed because uh, some of them not start slow, but there's no real like joke in the first say five to six minutes, and it almost kind of stays slow laugh wise with just a couple of big hits like mixed in um the ones that hit off the star i feel like tend to just be consistent throughout the pilot the halloween episode this episode again uh, it opens up with the family going to mass and ted like right in front of the entire church basically starts comparing himself to jesus he's like you know i was immaculately concepted too the priest obviously isn't having it born of divine origin ted's like yeah that's me Jesus mocked by the star of Bethlehem. Ted's like, yeah, there was a star. You know, he wished upon a shooting star, and now I'm here. And then he goes, um, what's the last one? Oh, yeah, Jesus was here to spread love, and Ted hits his button. That says, I love you. And he's like, you're a move, priest. You know what I mean? So sure enough, for the rest of the episode, he just thought that he's constantly talking to, like about himself like in third person as if he is Jesus. It's very funny. It was a very, very funny shtick. A good, a good episode for Ted. Um, this is another big episode for Maddie. Uh, he's arguing with everybody in the house, which is kind of his MO. He does that the whole show, really. Uh, so he wishes for someone that will defend him in arguments. And a childhood toy of his, Dennis the Dump Truck, comes to life. And Dennis the Dump Truck's a fucking menace. He's even more racist, more sexist, more homophobic than Maddie is. And it is very funny, don't get me wrong. I, the, the Dennis the Dump Truck had me fucking cracking up, especially the fact that like, he is literally just a dump truck. There's no fucking, there's no movable mouth or eyes or anything like that. It's just a dump truck that happens to speak out of nowhere. Like, his voice just comes out. Uh, but I thought that was very funny. Um, we find out in this episode that Blair is either gay or bi, whatever it may be. But she is currently dating um, the girl that we met, I think it was back in episode one, who is uh, helping her deal weed. She, like, grows the weed in her apartment. Turns out that they're dating. And to the surprise of, I don't think, anybody watching this show, Maddie and Susan don't have the easiest time accepting it, especially Maddie, uh, to the point where Blair is going to, it seems like basically like move out. It seems like she's going to be leaving, but kind of leaving for good kind of thing, which is when Maddie decides to be like, all right, you know, like you are my niece and I love you very much. And while this might be kind of weird for me, like I accept you, I love you. It's a nice little moment for Maddie, which he has a couple, a couple of nice little moments where he shows that like he isn't just the fucking over-the-top racist from Boston. Um, Dennis the Dump Truck sees this whole thing, so he's kind of feeling betrayed. He's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you're taking her side over me? Like, you wished me to life for this exact reason? Then he tries to basically kill Maddie by tripping him down the stairs, which was very, very funny. And then, of course, it turns out that the old stereotype of the guy who's always gay bashing and all that stuff, the homophobia, is secretly gay. So there you go. Dennis the Dump Truck, he's heading down to P-Town, which was very funny. He's got the uh, the Gay Pride sticker on his bumper. Um, but pretty damn funny. I, I thought a pretty funny episode. Uh, I laughed a lot. This one was definitely the one that was probably the most over the top as far as pushing the envelope comedic-wise. 
But I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I said, I enjoyed the the holiday theme always. And this would be my four my four hole. Uh, good good episode. Which brings us to our last episode, our finale, the sexual adventure of John. This episode, I fucking love. I love it. I think it is probably my favorite. The pilot, this and Halloween, depending on the day, could all be moved around a little bit. But this episode, I think, is absolutely hysterical. And if I had to answer today, I'd probably say it's my favorite episode. John realizes that he is the only kid in his grade that is still a virgin. Even like the two nerdy kids, which is hysterical. Like, I might be gay, but I know I'm not a fucking loser. He's got the accent. It, it, very, very funny. Um, you know, Ted's going to help him lose his virginity right away. It, it just hit fast. Like the, uh, he goes, don't worry, buddy. There's a lot of alleys in Boston. One of them's got to go, uh, got to have a glory hole. And if not, we're going to Worcester, which is fucking great. I, I, the people outside of this area sometimes, even with Family Guy, must have just no idea how some jokes are. Oh, like what even like what they even act mean? You know what I'm saying? They just go right over their heads. But this shit smacked for me. I, I fucking died at that. I thought that was great. Um, we see. Uh, I one thing I did notice. So this this was an episode that was big on smoking. There was a lot of there was like I think three different smoking scenes. And like I said, you know, the pilot we're introduced to them smoking weed. At the end of that pilot, we we see that they like got a bong, and we see them smoking the bong probably like three times. Like I said in this episode. And I swear to God, these kid and I, I keep calling them kids, kid and teddy bear fucking have not changed that bong water a single friggin' time since episode one. That shit is brown. It was fucking foul looking. Um, but they end up going to get some more weed. They go back to the girl there from episode one. I think it's, what is it? Sheila who ends up being the uh, her dead her dead mother's name that was that was pretty funny but then we get uh introduced to another thing that we see in the movies all the time which is the wild name for strains uh i can't remember all of them but the one that stuck at, uh that stood out to me was why won't the p star that one was that one cracked me up but there's a few times in this show that we see how things are created in in the movies of ted you know what i mean so this was one of them the introduction to weed was another one the way this episode ends is is one of the big ones um, but all that, like I said, was very, very funny. We get to, uh, John has got a, a, a date. He's going to go get condoms. This scene was wild. An employee comes over and is just like wildly, overly helpful. He's asking all kinds of weird questions. Is she Jewish? Does she do charity work? And then he says to John, he's like, I've been seeing you shopping here for years. Like, I, I've been waiting for this day, which is just fucking I would have ran for the fucking hills. I would have said, fuck these condoms. I'll go to the next pharmacy. I would have been hightailing it the fuck out of there if this was me. But John starts calling for an adult. And another employee comes over and he's like, hey, get the fuck away from these kids. Which goes to show he's not even a real employee. Kind of going back to the same thing as the uh, the friend who wasn't the actual uh, mother of Susan's. Jesus. Susan's friend's mother. That fucking weird 38-year-old or whatever the fuck he was. Uh, same kind of concept. Uh, but that shit was obviously funny, pretty wild. Um, now we get to the part that wasn't just my favorite part of the episode, but it might have been the hardest I laughed in the entire series. Um, Ted sets up the first date. He's driving. We have John and his date riding on the roof of the car, dressed like Aladdin and Jasmine, sitting on top of the magic carpet. Hysterical, wicked funny. Ted has to like swerve. I think it's like a squirrel or some shit like that. Of course, the kids go flying off the car and you know, Ted goes running over to fucking John and he goes, Johnny, you all right, buddy? And he's like, Teddy, 
Did I sex? <laughs> oh yeah, buddy, you sexed so good. Fucking died right away again. Then we get to the hospital. They're in the like you know the little emergency room or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, doctor, I don't know how this happened. We were in the car. We had our seatbelts on. We were driving responsibly. And fucking the doctor's like, yo, like, I've seen this before. You, I've seen the carpet burns. He's like, I know when kids have been a whole new worlding, which that uses a verb is fucking hysterical. And then he leaves the room and like, you know, 60 seconds later, he comes, comes back in. He goes, I need the room. We have another one. And it just shows another couple dressed the exact same way with scratches all over the fucking self. I was geeking out watching that part like couldn't even fucking breathe absolutely hysterical uh and then the episode ends really really strong the episode ends really really strong like i said this episode bangs from start to finish but we finish off he's finally about to have sex with his date after prom and it turns out on the tv the oj chase is just starting out basically and his date's captivated by it to the point where she can't even focus on sex anymore, which is a callback to an earlier story in the episode between Susan and Maddie. So that was good, full circle comedy. But to have the OJ chase pop in like that was the least, the thing I was at least expecting in the entire world. Uh, and it was fucking slapped. It was hysterical. And then to end the episode and to end the season, there, uh, Ted and John is sitting outside having another smoke. And sure enough, what happens? Thunder and lightning crackles, and the Thunder Buddy song becomes a becomes a reality. The first time that they ever uh, make the song is to end the end the season, which I thought was a great way to end the season, end the episode. And like I said right off the top, this is this was so much better than I was expecting. The people that I've talked to, a couple of them have been on the podcast. Say Seth, Kalos, they've both told me that this is like the hardest that they've laughed in a long time. Another one of my buddies, I told him about it. I watched it with my girl. She loved it. Like everybody that I've talked to that's watched this show so far has really, really, really enjoyed it. It, I think all of the things people were worried about ended up not being a worry at all. They were all answered and taken care of and it was a good damn time. I hadn't laughed this hard. I'm definitely going to watch it again. Uh... And I hope to see more. You know, like I said, Seth MacFarlane said, as long as there's a want from the audience for it, then he'll do more episodes. I don't see how there wouldn't be. Uh, I heard, I saw that this was the most streamed, I don't know if it was just in general, piece of media on Peacock or if it was Peacock, uh, you know, self-made. I think it was just in general, like as a whole. And mind you, that was right after the football game was streamed on Peacock, a playoff game. And I think Ted ended up beating that as like the highest streamed thing uh, in Peacock's history. So clearly there's people that want more episodes, that liked this show, that are watching this show. Um, and, and I think this is the kind of thing where I don't think if they do more episodes, I don't think it'll be a huge layoff. Like I don't think we'll be waiting two years for more episodes of Ted. I think this is probably something that's a little bit easier to make as long as you have the jokes and the plot and the storylines. So hopefully this is something that maybe we can see late 24, early 25. I don't think that that's crazy. I really, really don't. Um, I could totally be, you know, I could be way off, but I could see a world where that, where that happens, where we get more episodes either at the end of this year around Christmas time or at the beginning of 25. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think everyone, would really enjoy this show if you're a fan of Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy and Ted. And obviously, if you haven't seen the show and you were just listening to all that, well, shame on you because I basically just ruined 
the entire show for you. But uh, I'd love to hear, you know, what the audience thinks, you know. So leave something in the comments. If you liked this show or you didn't like this show, for the Minifans out there, the show's been getting bashed a little bit sarcastically on the Minahan show the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think if any, I don't think any of them will watch it, it seems like. I feel like if Coleman watched it, this would be something that he would like. But, you know, who knows? Uh, but now let's get to our let's get to our second show. Oh wow, we spent a little bit more time on Ted than I expected. See that? We can pop in here and talk by myself for fucking half an hour without even trying. Uh, let's get to Fargo season five. This one's not going to take as long as Ted. Uh, the fifth season of Fargo. Every single season, the anthology series. Every single season is different, but it's always a well-made show. Even in the seasons that I don't like as much, the show is always very well made. You know what I mean? Uh, season one and season two are two of my favorite seasons of television ever. I like the second one a bit more than I like the first one. Season three, I finished. I just didn't care for it. I I was at least entertained enough where I was able to get to the end, but it, it's not. It's something I'll ever go back and rewatch. I I did not care for it. Season four, I think I got through episode three before I straight up quit. It, it wasn't for me. It was like too organized crime like in-depth like you know what I mean rather than being like a kooky story that might involve some organized crime it just the fourth season wasn't for me season five was a bounce back season I gotta be careful on how I say this a lot about season five most actually of season five is really 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 fucking good on par with how good seasons one and two were. Some unbelievable performances. Uh, Juno Temple plays our main character, Dot, uh, sometimes called the Taiga. She's awesome. She does a great job in this show of transitioning from the Minnesota stay-at-home, you know, sweet tea mom to being, you know, a Taiga, a savage little pit bull and Right in the pilot episode, which is an amazing pilot. The pilot, the first episode of this season was fantastic. It was fucking great, and it instantly got me hooked. Pretty much, actually, right out of the first scene. Um, but we see that there's going to be a lot more to her character than just being the Minnesota stay-at-home mom. You know, she clearly has seen some shit, has been through some shit. She's like a little fucking, she's like a little badass. You know what I mean? She, these two guys that come after her, she gives them a real fucking hard time. But like I said, this, this pilot episode was fantastic. Right out of the gate when we opened up at the, uh, like the parent teacher conference and it's in slow-mo and it's a full-blown war. Parents are fucking hitting each other in the balls, punches, smacks, tackles, clotheslines, all of it. It was hysterical. And you know what's funny is we never actually like found out why. Like we never, there was never a reason really given to us for why that happened. But um, it, it was a wild, wild, wild first episode. I, I really was hooked. It got me right away. I was very intrigued and very interested to see where this season was going to go. Episode two, we get our introduction to John Hamm who I thought was a terrific bad guy. I would love to see him do some more bad guy stuff in the future, but we get the introduction of him and shout out my boy, King Steve, Steve the Hair Harrington, Joe Keery as uh, John Hamm's son, Gator, who's a bit of like, I don't want to call him a pussy boy, but he's like a little bit of a daddy's boy in a way because obviously daddy's the sheriff. 
uh, you know, of this of this town that's basically run by him. You know what I mean? It's not like there's fucking cops and all that shit coming through here, which is actually how their introduction starts. You know, the two FBI agents come. John Hamm's in this bathtub. He's got his nipples pierced, which is the last thing I ever would have expected this character to have. But he kind of gives these these FBI agents, uh, like, you know, no shit. Like, he ain't backing down just because you're from the FBI. Like, this is his town. He runs things the way that he wants. He only recognizes, like, you know, the old fucking, the old ways, the United States Constitution and, you know, God and country and all that. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, this right away, I was like, all right, this guy seems like he's going to be kind of cool. Turns out he ends up being a real fucking scumbag. But like I said, a great, great performance from John Hamm. Uh, no matter what, I'm always going to defend Joe Keery. I thought he was good. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who I think a lot of people would know uh, from Hateful Eight, Tarantino movie. She is basically the wildly racist girl who gets her fucking face caved in like seven different times. Well-deserving. She is also, when she was real young, she was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, basically as like the main character, pretty much. Um, But a good actress. She is terrific in this show as Dot's mother-in-law. She's like the head of like basically a a company empire. And she is like, you talk about John Hamm's character being kind of like Old Testament. This bitch is old fucking fire and brimstone testament. She's, She's a hardcore motherfucker. And I love the scene. I believe it's in episode three, I wanna say, when she sees Dot in her true light for the first time. Dot drops the drops the accent and the whole Minnesota nice routine and like, yo, like I ain't gonna have no fucking Ivy League punk basically telling me what I've done after all the hell that I've been through. I think she says like she's climbed out of six hells or something like that. It was a really good quick little monologue. But um Jennifer Jason Lee obviously realizes she's like, oh shit, like I completely misread this girl. I, I here I am thinking she's just some little sin in a thing, but innocent little thing, but she's clearly a a little bit of a savage, you know what I mean? Uh, and then the last one I wanted to mention was Sam Spurrell, who plays Old Munch. He is the guy who does, um, you know, like some of that demonic, the flashbacks. You know, he's covered himself in mud. They almost treat him like a, like a metaphor in the show, like like death, like the Grim Reaper. Uh, he's the one that goes after Dot in the first episode. He's the one that refers to her as Tyga. He was awesome in this show. Uh, he, like, every time he was on screen, I was captivated. You know, like, I, I really couldn't look away. Um, it was always just something weird and he had so many great scenes. I, I really, really, really enjoyed him, um, in this show. All, all very solid performances. There were, there were other good ones as well that I didn't, you know, I didn't list because I, I don't want to have too many, but, um, a lot, a lot of good performances. Like I said, John Hamm is a bad guy. That's something that really stood out to me. The mother-in-law dot a bunch of good performances and every single episode left you wanting more it left you wanting to dive into the next episode which luckily for me i didn't start watching until after episode eight so i binged one through eight and then watched just nine and ten live but that was something that was better for me because every time an episode ended and i wanted to get more i was able to go and get more right away so and I think anytime you go through a binge like that, you're not watching, you're not binging a show like that because it's bad. You're obviously binging it because it's got you hooked and, you know, you got your meat in, you got your teeth into it and you just got to keep going. Episode nine, I watched live. It's a great episode and it's a perfect penultimate episode because it sets up so many parts to blow up in the finale. 
you know, it, it finally it leaves off at the ranch, and we're about to have a massive, massive gunfight between the men that are loyal to Sheriff, who are a lot of, you know, like rednecks, but he says, you know, a lot of them have been overseas, you know, fucking kicking indoors, um, you know, fighting in the war. And then you have the other side, which is basically, you know, they, there is military there, there's SWAT there, there's local stadies there. It's a, it's a force of, you know, organized, you know, policemen, you know, whatever you want to call it. And that's about to explode. Dot is there at the compound, at the, at the ranch being held by John, being held by John Ham. So there's a lot that's going to happen in this finale. So I was very, very, very excited. I would say that I was so excited to the point where I said, if they nail this ending, it could be my favorite season of Fargo. And it, it'll be one of my favorite seasons of television, like of all time. Like it, it's that good. And I enjoyed it that much. However, they did not nail the ending. The finale I thought was fucking awful. And I don't say that lightly. I, I genuinely mean, I thought it was fucking awful to the point where it's going to be hard for me to want to go back and rewatch this series because I'm going to know how it ends. And I know I'm going to be disappointed it left such a bad taste in my mouth and made me almost in a way like look down on the nine episodes prior. Not look down, but like it, it just made me shake my head. You know what I mean? Like what a fucking waste for you guys to do so much great shit in nine episodes and then just to totally fucking ruin it. Or I mean, at least in my opinion, I, I hated it. I watched it with my girl. She hated it as well. Uh, like I said, you, you, we're at this massive moment at the ranch where this massive gunfight is about to happen. What a total wet fart letdown. They basically like skip the whole thing. It's a very quick like highlighted montage. They totally skipped out on it. Also, like they kept going to like black screen for like a second and then going to a new part of the fight and then black screen for a second. So you could even get like a full taste of the visual that they had on display wild, wild letdown because they had been building towards this massive fight for a couple of episodes and it stunk. It was wicked, wicked bad. Then you get um, a moment where you have Dot and John Hamm, right? Dot shoots him. John Hamm is literally like coughing up blood. He looks like he's about to die at any second. Like he's on his last legs. And the next thing you know, he just gets up and runs off. So I was like, this is stupid. I, I've watched a lot of shit in my day. Once you stop bleeding from the mouth, that's like a universal sign that this character is like Dunzo. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things in, in movies and TV. But like I said, next thing you know, this guy's running off. I'm like, all right, this is stupid. The Stady that Dot saves in episode one, who's been actively trying to help Dot this entire show now, he's the one that tries to chase down John Hamm. He finally does. And in, like, one of the dumbest, not even just scenes, but, like, this guy deserved to die. I mean, he does die, but, like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, John Hamm gave you every single reason to fucking shoot him. Just shoot him. Even if you don't want to shoot him dead, fine. Don't shoot him dead if that's too much for you. Shoot him in the fucking leg. Do something besides just sitting there and looking at him and literally, like, letting him just, like, you know, walk over to you and fucking murder you. 
I was like, this is so dumb. And such a bad way for a character who's a good guy who already survived a pretty wild situation in, in episode one to die here. It just, it didn't hit. Like, there was no, I wasn't at all like, oh, man, like, that guy died. I was saying the opposite. I was like, oh, man, like, what a fucking moron. That guy deserved to die. And he was a character. Like I said, it was a nice guy. You know, I, I liked him the whole the whole show. I was like, oh, yeah. It's one of the few genuine good people in the show. You know, he's trying to look out for Dot because she saved his life. Like, all right, good dude. And then he turns out to be a wicked fucking idiot. That was terrible. Uh, then, like I said, Dot shoots Ham. But like I said, he runs off. He ends up, like, getting captured later in the episode. So Dot never really gets that fulfillment of revenge. Even after he was beating on her all those years and just, you know, treating her like a dog. She doesn't get, like, her full revenge in my mind, which I would have liked. I, I feel like her finally fucking, whether it was a gun or a fucking a, a stabbing or choking him out or a fucking, I don't even know, dropping a house on his head. I don't know. But I feel like she needed to kill John Hamm to satisfy my want to see revenge on screen. So that left me wanting more. I understand that he ends up kind of being in jail and Jennifer Jason Lee's character, the mother-in-law, goes and visits him, which is a good scene. And, you know, basically she's like, you're going to be alive for a long time, but you're going to have a very, very, very unpleasant day-to-day life in here because I got all of the blocks, all of the cell blocks under my payroll, basically. So John Hamm's in for a tough rest of his life. Uh... I hated that my boy Joe Keery got blinded, but that part was good. That's more of a personal thing. The last part that I thought is the worst part, even worse than the skipped gunfight, worse than the Stady's death, worse than that, um, I'm sorry, uh, worse than Dot not getting revenge, was the true blue ending. When Ol' Munch is sitting on Dot's couch waiting for her to show up at home, she shows up with her family. And he's like, yo, just because I saved you, like, that doesn't mean that this is over. Like, uh, you were in a cage, so I let you out. But we have business that needs to be settled. Basically, like, we got to fight to the death. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, like, almost sat up in my chair and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, here we go. Like, this finale has sucked so far. But, like, here it is. Like, this is the moment. This is what we're going to remember from the finale. And everything else is going to kind of just be like, you know, whatever. Fuck it. And again... A total wet fart. Even more disappointing than the rest of the episode as a whole. Dot literally just is like, nah fam, like that's just not going to happen. And just like goes into the kitchen and just starts acting like everything is cool as shit. Talking to her husband, talking to her daughter. She pulls out the bisquick again. She starts fucking stirring up pancakes. And she's like, hey, old munch, rather than fight to the death, you want to come in here and help me fucking stir the pancake mix and make some pancakes? And he's just like, Okay, yeah, I guess so. That sounds like a good time. And that's the end of the fucking show. It's fucking insanity to me that nobody said, yo, this is the dumbest finale of all time. Like, straight up, to have that good of a season of television and then to finish it that badly is fucking insane to me. Like, so many people have to approve all this shit and no one spoke up. I can't believe this many people were in agreement this is a good way to end this season because it was awful. And now, like I said, this was right. This had the ability to be my favorite season of Fargo. I still obviously like it better than three and four, so it's in the middle. 
But it's obviously not going to be anywhere near, like I was saying, the top of my all-time TV show seasons. It's going to fall into the mediocreness. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to come back and rewatch this. I, I'm, I say that I'm sure I will down the line at some point because I do love watching Fargo during the winter and stuff. I, I love the, you know, the northwest, uh, the the Midwest, all the snow and, and the real cold environment, um, which is actually callback a great part of the new True Detective season. The fucking it feels bit like fucking brick cold in every scene. Um, but I'll probably come back and watch this season at some point. But boy, man, I'm going to have a tough time really enjoying it, I think, knowing how it's going to end because it is bad. It's not like, obviously, like Game of Thrones was a whole entire season, so it's not like that. But it's tough. It sucks when this kind of shit happens. It really does. It it sucks when this shit happens. It's just such such a disappointment. Um. But that's all I got, I think, on uh, on season five of Fargo. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here tonight as well. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this little episode. I would love to hear what you guys thought about Ted and Fargo. So tweet, DM, comment on YouTube, however it is. Uh, let me know what you guys thought. Uh, and I want to say thank you again to Menners and the KMS Network for hopefully allowing this episode to go up on the feed as well. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody else that's watching. Uh, as always, you know, share, subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Uh, and we will be talking to you guys again in a couple of weeks, I would say. And we're also going to be having that winter movie draft coming up in February. That should be a good time. So be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, but for now, happy watching.